Hey friends, welcome to June the 20th and to Tuesday. Thanks for joining me for Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 80, so join me there. We left off yesterday in about verse 8 and 9. This is a psalm that is interceding during a time of purging and chastening. Judgment in one sense, chastening in another sense, uh, where God is dealing with his people, Israel. And the first seven verses really are a cry out to God, give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest a flock, uh, leadest Joseph like a flock, and talking through the northern tribes, Ephraim, Benjamin, Manasseh, this is the region that we know as Samaria in the time of Jesus. Um, Stir up thy strength and come and save us, God. Turn again. Uh, Let us see your face. Restore. Do the work. It's a prayer interceding for the future of Israel after the devastation of um, the Assyrian army. And it's those probably either a remnant or those that were praying from the southern kingdom that God would bring unification again, that God would restore this nation, which we talked yesterday, this is where we ended yesterday, that he answered this prayer. He has answered it on more than one occasion and he's going to continue answering it. Uh, there's no reason that Israel should be the country they are today uh, in the land that where they are today and with the strength that they have today. There's no reason the desert should be flourishing like the rose and like the fruitful vine that it is, except for the hand of God. Uh, as much opposition as this country has seen, as this people has seen, it should show us, uh, it should give us assurance that the story's real, that God is real, that he's blessing. But I want to take it a little bit more of a personal direction today in terms of the, of the application to ourselves. So pick it up with me in verse 8. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt, thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it, thou hast preparest room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. So verses 8 through 11, you see um, the contrast of, well, you see the metaphors of a vine, a fruitful vine, and a strong, sprawling, uh, life, full of life tree, okay? Who is this tree? Well, in the truest sense of the psalm, this tree is Israel, the people of Israel that God rescued out of Egypt, planted and cultivated and gardened them like a vine, planted them in their land. And these are Old Testament metaphors that go throughout. Uh, he shall meditate in the law of this Lord and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll see this metaphor throughout scripture. You'll see it in Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel. God references Uh, those that follow him and especially his people Israel in the Old Testament sense of things that he wants to make them like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season. So the psalmist says you did this God you brought Israel out you established them as a nation you made them a people you showed yourself to the whole world they became a flourishing and a fruitful vine they became a strong cedar tree uh, spreading out its branches what are the what's the the fruit and the filling of the land and the, the spreading out of the boughs of the tree and, and reaching to the river, reaching to the sea. Well, the sea on one side is the Mediterranean. The river on the other is the Jordan. And, and, and the essence here is that the nation filled up with what? With blessing. So what we read in verses 8, 9, 10, and 11 is blessing. It's, it's the fact that God blessed a people that followed him 
that trusted him, that exalted him, that magnified him. And it's not that his blessing was so much conditional, like he's this uh, greedy God that's withholding goodness and only giving it when his people are on their best behavior. It's not so much that as as much as they, those that follow him are placing themselves in the flow. They're, Jesus called it in John 15, abiding in the true vine. They're staying connected to the life-giving flow of God's goodness and, and staying, I use the, the metaphor Sunday, of living in the safety of his, of his well-provisioned backyard as a child instead of playing in the street um, and running away. When we run from God, when we disconnect, when we unplug, when we rebel or scorn or defy his laws or his lordship in our lives, we're, it's not so much that he's withholding the blessings as much as we are removing ourselves from the flow. Uh, f- that he wants to flow forward through through us and in us. So God blessed the nation of Israel, brought them out of captivity, blessed them. And what did they do? They grew rotten fruit. They became a pagan nation. They broke down the worship of God and elevated the worship of Baal to the tune of child sacrifice and terrible, terrible practices and sexual perversion. Sounds a lot like America today. Um, verse 11 describes it. She sent, um, I'm sorry, verse 12. Why describes God's response. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her? So listen, God's guarding his glory. God's guarding his name. God's protecting his eternal purpose. And so he begins to chasten. He begins to deal justly with those that are spurning him, those that are defying him, those that are tarnishing and rejecting him flagrantly. We're not talking about people like uh, you and me that are seeking after him, that are wanting to do what is right, that are simply dealing with our day-to-day struggles. These are, these are people that overtly rejected the worship of God and embraced the worship of false gods and, and pervaded their land with these high places and these altars and these groves where they worshiped in, uh, in pagan idol worship and pagan practices and perversion. So what does God do? He intervenes. He chops down. He breaks off these branches. He consumes the dead parts of this vine. Just like Jesus said, the dry branches would be taken away and cast away for burning. This is all a comparison to John 15, where we've been studying right now as a church. It's amazing God's providence that he brings us to Psalm 80 when we're at the intersection of John 15, when Jesus is talking about being a true vine and abiding in him. So what is the personal takeaway? Well, just like God redeemed a nation out of Egypt and blessed them and caused them to grow and caused them to multiply and caused them to flourish materially, spiritually, relationally, uh, societally, culturally, in every way, he caused them to to be blessed, to flourish. They took the gifts and began to worship the gifts and love the gifts more than the giver. And as a result, he ended up needing to take away the gifts and take away the things they looked to for their identity and their nationalistic idolatry. He, he began to take these things away and, and they refused to turn to him. He dealt with them gently at first and wanted them to turn back, the chastening returning, and they wouldn't. And so finally he said, I'm going to take away all of your identity and I'm going to send you into exile. I'm going to take away, I'm going to remove you from the land until, uh, 
another time when I'm going to restore you. What is the personal application to me and to you? Well, God's redeemed us from the Egypt of sin. He's redeemed us from the Egypt of condemnation and death and hell. And he's brought us into new life and he's planted us and he's prepared for us all these blessings. And he is preparing future blessings. And he causes us to be deeply rooted and grounded in Christ. And he fills our lives with joy and love and grace and provision and protection and blessing. And he causes us to be blessed in many ways, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, uh, intellectually, culturally, societally, as families. He blesses us. He causes our inner lives to flourish. Often he blesses us materially. He provides for us. We, most of the people listening to this podcast or seeing this video have, uh, by, by the global standards, you have great wealth. So he blesses us in all these ways. And the question is, what do we do in response? Do we begin to love the gifts more than the giver? Do we begin to worship pleasure, materialism, prosperity? Uh, or do we keep him first? Do we love him most essentially? Do we glorify him with these things? Do we stay kingdom-minded in the midst of God's blessings? And if we don't, what does he do? What is he to do in response? Well, if he loves us, he's going to chasten us. He's going to prune those things. So we'll pick it up there tomorrow. Think about these things, my friend. What are you doing with the blessings that God has brought about in your life? Happy Tuesday. Have a great day.